Whether you're traveling for work or fun, everybody loves a deal. Check out Rooms for Vacation for up to 50% off your hotel, resort, Airbnb, car rental, and more. That's rooms, the number four, vacation.hotelplanner.com. As a child, Asia Wilbon would walk into the room with such a bright smile and cute dimples, it was hard not to notice her. Asia was an introvert, and as she became a teenager, she became a homebody and loved to stay in the comforts of her room and in her own home. In February of 2020, at just 16 years old, Asia was struggling to cope with the death of her biological mother. Asia had moved from her home in North Carolina to live with her father in Kent, Washington. Asia left her house on the evening of February 12, 2020. Her family believed that she had just wanted to go out for a walk and clear her head. The next morning, her father and stepmom left for work as usual. They believed Asia had headed off to school. When they returned home from work that day, Asia was nowhere to be found. They would report her missing right away. Asia Wilbon has not been seen or heard from since. Where is Asia Wilbon? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. Our goal here, of course, is to spread awareness of unsolved missing persons cases, to give a voice to those that don't have one. I want to thank each and every one of you who supports the show and helps get these stories out to the world. Just by supporting the show, listening, commenting, subscribing, giving the episode a thumbs up, and just following along with us on our social media pages, we are able to reach a wider audience. Even if you're not big on social media, that's okay. Just being here and listening really helps these cases get out there. We've seen in the last few weeks a missing persons case take the world by storm. And while I recognize some people are questioning why that case has received so much attention and yet others sit virtually unknown, I think any missing persons case getting exposure can only be a good thing. We are in a different age of media where news doesn't come to us solely from news publications and news channels. Each and every person who has social media has the ability to spread news. The recent case of Gabby Petito went viral because of the amount of people sharing it on social media. The news stations were forced to pick it up because it captured public interest so greatly. That can happen with any case. You can make it happen with any 
missing persons case out there. If you are working to spread awareness on a missing persons case, don't give up. Keep sharing. Keep talking about it. Don't wait for mainstream media channels to pick it up. You can make a difference. And with all of that being said, I do want to give a heads up that our October Charity of the Month will be the MMIW, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women of America. With all of this talk of which cases get more exposure than others, there is a seriously underreported group of women that are missing in our country. And the MMIW organization works to help overcome that. Proceeds from Patreon memberships and merch sales will be donated to that charity through the month of October. And stay tuned on our social media as I will share more information about them and their cause. Also, if you have any case suggestions for us, please send me a DM on Instagram or an email to canwefindthem at gmail.com. And I do want to give a quick shout out to this week's featured partner, Hunt-A-Killer. As we come into the colder weather months, Hunt-A-Killer is the perfect at-home game for those of us that love to put the pieces together and solve a mystery. This subscription box game features a different case each season and can be done with family, as a date night activity, girls night, or even something you can do totally on your own. Hunt-A-Killer is a murder mystery subscription box where a detective enlists your help in solving a murder. This detective sends you a box with letters, documents, clues, and evidence every month. With each box, you'll be able to eliminate a suspect and get one step closer to cracking the case. Evidence you receive can be autopsy reports, crime scene photographs, personal effects of characters involved in the story, newspaper articles, and more. Enter the world of Hunt-A-Killer in the newest season, Curtain Call. Totally immerse yourself in a cold case from the 1930s with consequences in the present day. Can you bring justice to the Cadence Theater? This is your opportunity to see what kind of detective you would be. Use our link in the show notes or post it on our social media for 20% off your first box. The disappearance of 16-year-old Asia Wilbon is as baffling as any that I've talked about. In many ways, Asia's story reminds me of the Asia Degree case from Shelby, North Carolina. Asia vanished when she was just nine years old, but her disappearance had stunned everyone, seemed to come out of nowhere. A well-behaved nine-year-old kid who was close with her family, loved playing basketball and going to church, and seemed at least on the outside, to have a happy home life. Then one rainy, dark night, Aisha walked out of her house and was never seen again. Of course, Asia, at 16 years old, probably has a lot more going on in her life than that of a nine-year-old. And we know at least one thing about Asia at that time. Her biological mother had recently passed away. The family said that that had affected Asia quite a bit, and she had been a little depressed, which is extremely understandable. In February of 2020, Asia lived with her father in the West Hill area of Kent, Washington. By all accounts, it looks like she had recently moved there, possibly after the death of her mother, although I couldn't confirm an actual timeline. 
of when she moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. Kent, Washington is located about 20 miles south of Seattle, roughly about a 30-minute drive. Their particular neighborhood, West Hill, was on the west side of Kent. Kent, in particular, is a decent-sized city with a population of around 132,000. Kent is considered Washington State's sixth-largest city, and it is generally divided into three areas, West Hill, which is mostly residential and a little commercial, the Valley, which is primarily industrial and commercial, and East Hill, which is primarily residential and a little retail mixed in. Asia, even at age 16, was a homebody. She spent a lot of time in her room and preferred to be alone as opposed to hanging out with friends or going out and doing things. And allegedly, this was Asia's personality even before her mother passed away. Her dad would say that many times she would agree to go out with family or friends somewhere and make plans, but would end up changing her mind at the last minute. She had anxiety around groups of people and just preferred to stay at home where she felt comfortable. On Wednesday, February 12th, Asia's dad got home from work and saw Asia as normal. Sometime during that night, he heard Asia up and moving about in the house, but he didn't think much of it. On Thursday, February 13th, he and his wife got up and went to work as normal, believing Asia had left for school. When he came home from work that day, Asia was still not home and they couldn't reach her. And both her dad and stepmom had an eerie feeling. Asia was always at home. She was never not at home. They started calling her cell phone, but it was going straight to voicemail. Asia's stepmom had come out and said that she believed Asia had left the house that night to go out for a walk, but she assumed that at some point during the night she had come back home. However, neither her father or the stepmother actually heard Asia come back home. Now, before we rush to judgment on the parents, I want to emphasize that there aren't a lot of public details on this case and what exactly happened. And Asia was a teenager. At 16 years old, she is certainly capable of going out for a walk if that's what she wanted to do. And she had recently lost her mother. She was certainly under a lot of emotional distress. On February 13th, her father reports her missing, and authorities start looking for her right away. And immediately, her father, stepmom, and extended family make flyers and start hitting the streets to hang them up and pass them out to anyone and everyone. Because this was so out of character for Asia, they knew right away that something could very well be wrong. The Kent police did receive multiple tips, but were unable to verify anything at first. The Kent Police Department also works to ping her phone and finds the last known ping to have registered at 1.35 p.m. on February 13th near the area of Federal Way. Now, Federal Way is a city located southwest of Kent, also in King County. Her family is unsure why or how she might have even gotten there. On February 15th, a tip comes into police with a possible sighting of Asia in Federal Way. 
specifically the Federal Way Transit Station. The station is primarily a bus station, but a fairly large one. But investigators don't turn up any new leads after that reported sighting, although they do acknowledge that they feel it is very possibly credible. And that leads me to wonder if maybe Asia wanted to find her way back to the East Coast, back to North Carolina, maybe where she had lived before her mother passed away. This is never really talked about in any news reports, but again, Asia's coverage is very limited. And I just can't help but wonder, a teenager who recently lost her mother and had moved across the country, very possibly just wanted to get back to what she knew, back to her friends. But since that isn't mentioned anywhere, I have to say that that is just my personal thought. Police do continue to receive tips, but with very little to go on, the case quickly goes cold with no sign of Asia anywhere. In June of this year, June of 2021, Washington State Police announced that Asia's case was going to be part of the Homeward Bound program. The Homeward Bound program is a partnership with Camway Transportation and the Washington State Patrol. Their semi-trucks will be outfitted as moving billboards displaying cases of missing children. Take a listen to a news report about this program coming back to Washington State. The Homeward Bound program was a partnership with the State Patrol, and at the time, Gordon Trucking and Trooper Renee Paget um, had the vision of putting posters of missing children on the side of semi-trailers. At one point in time, there were 26 kids in the program with Gordon Trucking, and now with Camway, we're really excited to start the program back up again, and especially honor Renee's vision and keep these children out there in the public's eye. And so we're grateful for Camway for starting the program back up again. It really aligns with what we want to do. I mean, I think... uh... If we can help find any of these children, um, it's just, it's, it's too good of a cause not to be involved in. I don't know, it's just a really uh, uh, interesting way that this whole program has come back to uh, fruition, where it was spearheaded by Renee Paget, and she led this all the way through to be able to represent uh, Officer Paget and Tika and all of that uh, is just really, I mean, I don't know, that's what you, that's really what you work for. It's like a vision coming together, you know, and when we saw them pull in, it was like, wow, oh my gosh, this is this is a reality. It's actually happening. And look how amazing that trailer looks. And look how amazing Renee's picture looks. And we're getting this out there and it's actually happening. I absolutely love this program and what they are doing for missing children. I'm going to read a little bit here from the Camway Transportation webpage about the Homeward Bound program. Homeward Bound is a Washington State Patrol push to raise public awareness about missing children and bring light to their cases. We share a common goal of bringing renewed hope to their families. Homeward Bound began in 2005 with late Trooper Renee Paget. Gordon Trucking unveiled the first trailer in 2006. Unfortunately, Gordon Trucking was bought out in 2013 and Trooper Paget passed away in 2018 after a six-year battle with multiple myeloma, a rare cancer of the white blood cells. This brought a halt to the program. Fast forward to January 2019, after our team member Lori Glavin sought out approval from her supervisors and contacted the WSP, 
we unveiled the first set of two trailers featuring missing person Tika Lewis. We have since unveiled four more trailers featuring missing persons Misty Copsey and Alyssa McLemore. By the end of 2019, we will have a total of 11 trailers on the road featuring five missing persons. I actually don't know why more trucking companies don't partner up with states to do this. But I suppose if too many did, they wouldn't stand out as much either. But I think it would be great if each state had a program like this for missing children. Asia is now displayed on two different Camway trucks that travel coast to coast. And you might remember I covered the case of little two-year-old Tika Lewis back in December of last year. Tika vanished suddenly from a busy bowling alley in Tacoma, Washington. And that case really, really sticks with me to this day. What really baffles me is how that case hasn't been covered more in the media. She was just two years old and her disappearance was very suspicious. And possibly very scary as there were other abduction attempts during that time frame in that area. Tika Lewis was also featured on one of the Homeward Bound trucks, and I really commend that program and the company for helping get the word out on these cases. Asia Wilbon left her home in Kent, Washington, walked out into the darkness, and was never seen again. And we don't have much to go on at all. Besides her family and her aunt, we haven't heard from any other friends or even friends and family that knew her during her time on the East Coast. Because of that, we don't know a whole lot about her personal life. We've only learned that Asia was a girl who preferred staying home to going out with friends. At least that's what her father and stepmom say. But I do wonder if she acted that way more so because she was maybe depressed over the loss of her mother. I wonder if she was also that way when she lived with her mother. No one has really come out to say. And regardless, there still isn't much to go on. So what kind of theories do we have in this case? Theory number one. Asia ran away back to North Carolina. Maybe there was something going on in Washington and she felt she wasn't fitting in. Maybe she missed her friends and her old home. At the time of her disappearance, she was 16. That can be a tough age to acclimate to a new area, new friends, new school. Perhaps Asia just wanted to go back to where she knew. I do have questions on this, however, such as, if this is the case, why has Asia not been spotted since? Why has she not come forward almost 20 months later? And that leads me to theory number two. Could Asia have run away hoping to get back to the East Coast, but something happened to her along the way? Was there foul play involved? I think it's possible. But what are the chances she just happens to run into a killer or an abductor or something else? I mean, it does happen. And Asia could have been seen as a target. It seemed she didn't take any belongings and didn't have much, if any, cash on her. Theory number three, was there someone in Asia's life that we, the public, aren't aware of? Such as maybe she did have some Washington friends that were involved in some bad stuff. 
Or maybe there was something going on with her online activity. I do wonder about this, seeing as Asia was described as an introvert. Did she have communications with someone else or someone's during all that time she would hole up in her bedroom? Makes me wonder if they searched her internet activity on any devices in the home. I do actually think this is a very possible theory. She could have made plans to meet up with someone, and that is why she headed out at night, so she wouldn't have to answer any questions about it. And maybe that's why she made her way to the Federal Way station. I don't have the exact address where Asia was living with her dad, but I do know it was in the West Hill area of Kent. And a quick map search shows that that is about five to six miles away from the Federal Way Transit Station. Definitely a walkable distance. Someone could have helped her make travel plans, and at 16, I'm sure she could have made her way to the station, hopped on a bus on her own with no trouble, and no one would think twice about it. Asia Wilbon has been missing for a year and a half now. Asia is described as a black female, 5 foot 2 inches tall, and weighing about 135 pounds when she disappeared last year. If you know anything about the whereabouts of Asia or have any information at all regarding her case, please contact the Kent Police tip line at 253-856-5808, Kent case number 20 2105. Thank you so, so much for listening to Asia's story. And of course, a huge thank you for being a supporter of the show and helping get the word out. Please share Asia's story any way that you can. If you have any case suggestions for us, please send me an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com. And also a thank you to this episode's featured partner, Hunt-A-Killer. Hunt-A-Killer is the perfect at-home activity for those that love a mystery and love to play detective. I will put a link to Hunt-A-Killer's website in our show notes if you're interested in learning more about them and getting 20% off your first box. Remember, supporting our featured partners helps support the show. Thank you so much to Hunt a Killer for being a featured partner this week. Please share Asia's story any way that you can. If you are interested in joining our online detective group, please check it out at patreon.com slash wherearethepodcast. Membership begins at $3 a month and proceeds benefit our charity partners. MMIW, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, will be our featured charity in October. Make sure you are following us on Instagram. We share missing persons posters, flyers, and updates daily. You can find us at the Where Are They podcast. We'll be back again next week, hopefully back on a regular schedule. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.